Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Steve Sims. Uh, For more than two decades, Steve has been the go-to contact for the wealthiest people on the planet. This guy creates crazy, unique experiences uh, or at least that was a core part of his business for, for a while through his company. Um, now he's a speaker. He's a coach. He's the author of multiple books, including uh, Blue Fishing and Go for Stupid. That's his newest book. Uh, and I think we maybe met way back at Mastermind Talks, maybe. Yeah, Jason. Early on. Uh, my I don't even know if you know this about me, Steve. Just like early, early on, my hustle was... I couldn't afford to go to some of these conferences. So I would just volunteer, say, hey, I'll sweep the floors, I'll run the mics, whatever. And so I think it was when I was volunteering at Mastermind Talks, we originally met. And then now it seems like we're speaking to a lot of the same events, but somehow never run into each other. Uh, and so it's really fun to have you on the podcast. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very smart of you for doing that at the beginning. <laughs> so I guess for starters, why did you write your first book? Uh, and and why have you made books what it seems to be a, a, a good part of your, your brand and your business? So this is the answer that absolutely everyone's going to freaking hate because there's a lot of people like I did for my second book that planned, wanted, desired to have a book. I didn't want to write a first book. I thought it was the dumbest fucking idea in the planet. Um, I was literally at a party and I was telling a story And someone introduced me to someone else. Then I went up to New York. Someone introduced me to someone else. Bang, a week later, I got a fax. Can you believe that? This was only five years ago, but I got a fax, not an email, but a fax contract uh, from Simon and Schuster asking me if I wanted to write the book. And I'm like, and here's the daft thing. I didn't even know who Simon and Schuster was. I phoned up a friend of mine and I said, I've got a, a, a fax here from Simon and Schuster. Um, and they want to do this. And he's like, you kidding? So a lot of people try to do books. I didn't. It landed in my lap. And so I've always said, when you know great people and you're in great rooms, and you know this, when you surround yourself with great people, great things happen. That was the first book. And when it got written, I had so much naivety. I didn't know what I was doing. I found out that this was a massive, great production house. Um, I did the book. And I thought, great. I got paid well. I've got the backing of a major publisher. It's now gone out. Great. I didn't realize that the book writing is only one part of it. When it gets released into the world, my God, that opens up all the doors. So I was very naive. And I didn't really have a lot of people that helped me at the beginning to kind of like go, hey, are you ready for this? Because, you know, I clearly wasn't. The book did incredibly well. The second book, I was able to plan off of all of those um, misrepresentations, losses of media. I was able to make sure that my second book was a lot more prepared than my first one. And so 
the second book, Being More Prepared, what did that look like? <laughs> was it just planning ahead? Was it more time writing? Was it prep for the launch? What's, what, what were kind of the key changes or differences that you, you did from book one to book two? So for a start, I thought writing a book, that was the whole job. You know, that was it. You started writing the book, you wrote the book, you checked out the design, you released the book, you approved it, and then you went home and just got ready for the millions to land. Um, you very quickly realize that no one makes a million out of writing a book. And a good friend of mine, Jay Abraham, said to me, you're not gonna make you're not gonna get a beach house from writing a book, but what the book leads you into will have you picking out drapes on your beach house. So I thought the book was everything. But then afterwards, it was a case of, hey, I saw your book. Will you speak on stage? I saw your book. Will you train my team? I saw your book. Will you do an online course? I had no idea that the book actually therefore became the beginning of everything. Um, and that was it. So when the second book, I got aggravated enough to do the second book, I was like, all right, I now know that this is the beginning. So it's got to lead into this. I've got to make sure it opens up the doors for this. I've got to put hooks in a book for it to be able to do this. So I was prepared that the second book was actually step one of 20 steps. So I actually planned accordingly. I did more speaking gigs as a lead up. I made sure my community was strong. I made sure my uh, distribution was strong. I made sure my marketing and media was strong. So I made sure all of those things were prepared for book two, which I really hadn't paid attention to for book one. Got it. Now, it looks like, so you talked about the first one being with Simon and Schuster. Yeah. And then was the second one, um, was that self-published? Yeah, it was self-published. And I, I'm friends with Tucker Max. So Tucker helped me out and I went through Scribe. Uh, for those guys. Cool. So what, um, what was your, what was kind of the difference in experience? It, it's interesting because I felt like almost your, your perspective in spirit and experience is maybe flipped from most people. It's like the traditionally published book that they did, they really planned and it was a big launch and everything. And then the self-published sometimes because it is self-published, it's like you just put it out. And that's almost like the, the flaw is the way that you look at it is you don't plan as as well ahead. So how did that flip for you? And what was your difference in experience between self-publishing and traditional publishing? So first of all, I knew nothing. That was, that was the first thing I knew. Not, so I had nothing to compare it to, <clears throat> but I'm a selfish guy. I want to make sure needles are moved. Otherwise that what's the point. I'm not an ego guy. I don't, I'm not an extrovert. If it's not making a point, I don't want to touch it. So when the first book came out, as I say, I thought that was all of everything. They gave me a ghost rider. I had a team. I had a marketing team. Wink, wink. That never went anywhere. Um, I had all of these promises. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Simon and Schuster. Get, don't get me wrong. Great relationship with the guys. Thank you very much for what you did. But there were certain points that never came to fruition. And it was a case of, uh, you know, build it and they will come and a lot of them didn't. And so it, on some aspects, people think that having a self-published book, hey, you're more credible, you know? Oh, sorry, having a, a major publisher publish your book, you're more credible. But here's the daft thing. For most readers, they don't know the difference between self-published and published. If you sink your focus into doing a good book and it's got a good cover and it's got a good design and it's got a good layout, 
99% of the planet are not going to know the difference if it's Penguin or you self-published it. They're just not going to know. It's the ghostwriter, it's the layout, and the attention you pay to the book. But what I did notice, and it was a friend of mine that actually taught me the difference, you have more control over self-published. When it's published, you've sold the baby. You know, you no longer own it. You want to do a course on it? You got to split the fees. You want to suddenly start releasing parts of the book? You got to get permission. All of a sudden, you have no control over this anymore. If you want to do something with it, ah, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. It's already been published. It's done. Yet with a self-published book, you can update it. You can edit it. You can stick in links. You can stick in QR codes. You have more control over your distribution. But I didn't know that until Simon & Schuster did my first book. Very, very proud that they did my first book. They did a phenomenal book and machine on it. But there were certain things that just didn't come through that I was able to see the gaping holes and make sure they didn't happen in this one. Mm. And so I would assume that's why you self-published the second book. Looking back, are you glad that you did? If you ever do a third book, do you think you would self-publish it, traditionally publish? How would you look at kind of that decision? Third book, self-published. Well, for a start, don't want to do a third book. Um, <laughs> I actually, I hate writing books. Um, I hated writing blue fishing. There were nights that I was, I couldn't sleep going, oh my God, it was like a therapy session with yourself as the doctor. It's very intrusive. Um you feel very uncomfortable and I, I didn't like it. And then I had to do the audio book. What, what are the worst experiences of my life? You know, sitting in a room, reading your own book. It was just, Oh my God. You know, it's like reading your own accolades and stuff. It's just horrible. And of course I, I just done it for the second one. And I came home and just had to sink a couple of whiskeys just to bloody calm down. So <laughs> the idea, the idea of me doing a third book, is on an even par with me growing a full head of hair. You know, I just have no desire, no contemplation, don't care. But if it ever comes up, 100% without a doubt, self-publish. Hey, I love okay. you, Simon & Schuster, but I think the planet has changed. So it's got nothing to do with the publishing house. Certainly don't want to bash them. Without those guys, wouldn't be where I am. But 100%... The world's changed, and I think you have more control over self-publish. Got it. So Steve's approach to publishing books is, mirrors his approach to growing hair. You heard it here <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned the audiobook was the you said I think the worst day of your life or the worst yeah. thing you've ever done. Why? And are you glad that you did it in retrospect or no? Uh, thrilled. I did it, which was the only reason I've just recorded this one on audio. Um, for some reason, and I now know why, most writers don't read their own book. Um, they get other people to do it. But when, when you read it, you're telling your story. You emphasize certain areas that a narrator wouldn't do. Um, it comes from you, your verbiage, your tonality, your excitement, your passion. It comes through in the words because, hey, no one can read you better than you can read you. But the experience of standing in something which is basically like standing in a porter toilet with all of these little rubber uh, cones staring at you to reduce the sound 
reading your book and there's nothing in there. You know, I remember the first day I turned up, I had these cargo pants and I, I just sound silly to say, but I had these cargo pants and the person that was doing the audio, she went, uh, are you rustling? I went, what? She said, I can hear the rustling. It was my trousers. It could pick up on the bloody mic that I had these cargo pants on. I had to run home and put jeans on. So it was just weird <laughs> that that had to happen. And you had no light, no natural flow in air. It was mm. just, I was in this dark box for two days. And it got to lunchtime the second day. And she said, should we have a break? We'll only need a couple of hours in the afternoon. And I said to her, if we break now, I'm not coming back. No, <laughs> so let's not do the break. Let's continue. And we got it done mm. by like two o'clock. And this one, I said to a friend of mine that owns a studio, I said, I'm going to turn up at nine o'clock. We're not going home until it's done. And I was there from nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, thank you, Jay, for helping me. We were there until nine o'clock at night. And I knew that if I went and had a break, I wasn't coming back. But there's mm. a massive difference when you read your own book. Agreed. I completely agree and had a very similar experience where it's, yeah. it's, Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. For me, it was, you, you kind of got to imagine, because it, it seems like we're very, I mean, we both do a lot of speaking and it seems like we're similar in kind of this, this external feedback loop. And, and when someone's nodding their head, it's like, oh, this is engaging. Like this thing that I'm saying is interesting. When you're in the booth, you don't have that. And so I almost imagine, kind of imagine right behind the mic is someone just smiling and nodding their head while you're, while you're reading the book and kind of imagining it's like you're delivering it in front of an audience. I feel like it was helpful, but still to your point, it's you're in a box uh, that's hot and there's no light, natural light and, and all that stuff. It's tough. It's very, very tough, but as you and I have both said, if you're out there and you're writing a book, be prepared that a lot of people, and I'm on about 40% of your crowd and your tribe want to listen to it on audio while they're on that peloton. So yeah. make sure you do the audio. You do it with your voice yes. and your tonality. Yeah, and they, can, they, they want to hear from you. And it yeah. just makes a big difference. And especially, yeah. I mean, podcasts are one of the best ways to sell books like mm -hmm. this, right? And And when it... I think it's a good, if you're on podcasts, those people listen to audio content, they will probably want to listen to your book versus yeah. read your book. And so just yes. like this is there's people here in you talk, Steve, and they're like, oh, cool. I'm going to get that audio book because <laughs> yes. I want to hear he's an engaging, funny guy. Like I want to hear him read this. Yeah. And so it makes, makes a big difference. Mine's got to be edited. Um, so I don't think mine's coming out for probably a couple of months. Um, I'm sure we're going to do some cool bundle deal, you know, when we know it's coming out, but it's, it's, it has been done, but it's still a way off. Mm. 
I know you've been doing a lot of speaking and I'm sure yeah. some of that is part of the, the launch of the book, but how have books helped grow your, your, your speaking business or the speaking side of your business? It, it's a, it's a complete dovetail. You know, your book, people read your book, they love your stories, and then they need to see social proof that you've been on stages. So that, that eliminates the risk. Then they ask you to speak on stages. And then when you speak on stages, it sells more books and it starts the, the cycle again. So being an authority, the first word of authority is author. So when you're an author of a book, you're now an authority in that subject. That does help and dovetail you into getting more stages. Love that. Root word of authority is author. Your newest book, Go for Stupid. What's, yep. what's, oh yeah, there we go. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see it here. Go for Stupid, The Art of Achieving Ridiculous Goals. What? What are some of the core concepts of that book and how can authors specifically use some of the concepts in that book to be more successful with their books? That's good. All right. So um, the concept of the book is to get people to do more stupid goals. Um, people today are living within their means, settling with our standards, going for what they feel is achievable. Whereas everyone we revere, Steve Jobs, Disney, Henry Ford, uh, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, they all had stupid goals and they went for them. With me in my life, I've always gone for stupid goals. Okay, I like this. How can I make it ridiculous? What massive concept can I come up with? And I always believe that today in a gotcha society and in a cancel culture, we're not frightened of trying things and failing. We're actually frightened of being laughed at. So the whole book goes through examples of what I've got up to in my life and how I've changed my mindset to go for stupid goals and then how the biggest people we revere from the Steve Jobs to the to the Edison, they went for stupid goals and how they achieved it and how you should emulate it. So that's the concept behind the book. And then how I've laid it out, how I've done the podcasts, how I've done my book launch, how I've done the videos, how I've done the audio – should be a good copycat for people to see how they do books, how to how to put it on a website, how to make sure the appropriate landing page is up, how to make sure the correct funnels are set up, how to constantly keep adding fuel to the fire and flame of the book. And again, launching it is one thing. The lead up, building up your community is one thing. The launch is one thing. The after launch is another thing. The perpetuation is another thing. Understand that this is chapters going through and how to keep it going. It is not a one and done. You don't release it on Tuesday at 12 o'clock and then start picking out your drapes. It's a constant burn that you've got to keep going. And if you don't pay attention, it'll sizzle out and someone else will pip you at the post of the, uh, uh, the attention. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. So I call that the one-year launch, right? A lot of people yeah. are doing the one-week launch and you really need to do the one-year launch and dedicate yeah. that that first year. And it's hot. I've messed this up on multiple of my books, right? It's because it's easy to just drop it like it's hot <laughs> and move on to the next thing. And even just, we, you know, you and I talking before this interview, it's like, man, it's exhausting. You've just been on weeks or months of just speaking gigs. And, and so it's, e it's, it's very easy to move on to the next thing. Uh, yeah, very, very. No, you're right. And look, we all learn out of mistakes. You know, I learned that there was stuff when the first book came out. I didn't even have a landing page. When the first book came out, I thought, you'll get it on Amazon. I didn't even have a landing page. Well, 
I wasn't capturing that traffic. I wasn't capturing mm. that community. Not yep. making the same mistake now. <laughs> if you want look, if you want an example, go for stupid.com. Look at how I've set it all up. It's separate to the stevedsims.com, but you'll see how I'm running two different tacks. Look at those mm. pair and emulate it for your launch. Mm, that's great. Check it out. Emulate it. Steve, what, what would be an example maybe of how you've gone for stupid with this, with the launch of this book or, or an example of a way that an author can go for stupid um, with their book? So you've got to understand what your goal is. You know, if you, if you're goalless, you have no idea if you're achieving it. So are you going for distribution? You know, do you want to sell 10,000 copies? Do you want it to drive traffic to your coaching program? Do you want it to help your investment project? You've got to know your goalposts. And I had three goalposts, okay? Two of them I've already achieved. I wanted to make sure I was a bestseller on the list. Well, we all know how that can be created. So I needed to make sure that was done. I needed to get good distribution so it would go wide. I did that. And I needed to make sure I had a clear funnel back to my front door. And that was one of my keys for my coaching clients, for Sims.media, for any of my other projects and speaking gigs. I needed to make sure that this was a lead back to my front door. That's what you need to focus on. You need to make sure what is in it for you. If you're releasing a book and you don't want to do speaking, then don't put it out to people that are going to want you to speak on stages. But if you do want to speak on stages, make sure the book is tagging all of those events that you should be speaking on. Mm, great. So begin with the end in mind. And as Stephen Covey would say, and, and, and it sounds like connect it to the end goal that some people might say is stupid. Yes. <laughs> um, that's beyond yeah. the book. That's not just publishing the book. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot. Look, imposter syndrome is terrible. I spoke to you about it, about um, Driven, which is Perry Belcher's new community. I'm on the faculty. I'm one of the trainers and I'm stood next to like Randy Gard, Perry Belcher, Kasim Aslam, Eric Huberman. And the imposter syndrome is very easy to go. My God, I'm nothing compared to these guys. And I'm pretty much nothing against them. I have a different perspective and a different viewpoint. But understand this, to somebody out there, you're some big shit. And what you're talking about is going to change their life. So speak to those people and, and get it out there. Where can I find more of those people? Understand that you are something to somebody. Mm, that's, that's great encouragement. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Steve, is just noticing from your social media posts, from you speaking at events, from even just how, how you talk on this interview and the, the title of your book and all that. I feel like you're an extremely authentic person. And that's something that I've always valued and, and, and tried to do as well is what you see is what you get. But like you said, it's hard because people are afraid of getting canceled or yeah. getting laughed at or whatever. How, how do you remain authentic? And, and was that an always thing? Like, has it always been like, hey, what you see is what you get? Was there a moment where you said, all right, screw this. I'm just going to be me. Like any encouragement for people on that authenticity piece? So I grew up ignorant and stupid and didn't give a fuck. So, you know, this was me. This was as good as it gets. You like it, great. You don't go away. And then I started to deal with some of the billionaires in the planet and started getting connected. And I changed. I started kind of like, you know, take, I took out my earrings. I covered my tattoos. I tried to speak a little bit more eloquent. And I suddenly realized I was a fake. 
And I didn't like that. I hated me. If I'd have met me, I'd have punched me up. So I didn't want to be that person. And I realized that to be successful, people have to hate you. Now, this is a weird thing to say, but I can guarantee you now on this podcast with you, there is a group of people that are sitting there cheering going, Steve Sims, yeah, he's great. I want to buy Go for Stupid. I want to have a beer with that guy. This guy's awesome. He's calling it as it is. I love him. And I guarantee you there's people that are probably already hung up going, can't understand what the guy's saying. Don't like him. Don't want anything to do with him. I don't like that guy. But there's nobody on the fence. There's nobody confused. There's no one sitting there going, do you know, I just don't know about that guy. And in today's world of distraction and distortion, you've got to be crystal clear to your audience. Make sure that they love you, they hate you, but there's no one confused. And so for me, it's the easiest marketing in the world. If someone reaches out to me, they've seen a video, they've read my book, they've heard a podcast, they've seen me with you, they're going to get what they reached out for from what they saw. And there's not going to be any confusion. Let me give you an example. Real estate agents. Now, I do a lot of speaking at real estate uh, events. How many times do you see these realtors and they're trying to look uber sexy leaning up against his car? You don't want to you don't want to go out with them. You want to buy a house. But for some reason, they get confused and they put up all this. And when you do finally meet them, they're 30 years older than the picture they used. Whenever you meet those people, you get this sense that you've been cheated. You know, you've been lied to. It's like a website. You see someone, you hear someone, and you go, oh, my God, I really like what they stand for. And when you meet them, you realize that they couldn't have written that copy. They got someone, you know, that knows big words to do it, and you feel cheated. You feel frauded. So with me, I want to be the person that you always end up with. I don't want to leave it up and open to game. And let's be serious. It takes zero effort for you to be you. Hmm. Mm. Zero effort. Yep. Hmm. That's called a mic drop moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I'm like, okay, on one hand, it does take no effort. But then on the other hand, I almost feel like the the fighting the internal thought. Oh, shut up. Here we go. Here we go. The problem is you are now talking yourself out of being authentic by letting that little devil in the back of your head actually have an opinion. Hmm. You just said it yourself. It takes fuck all effort for you to be you, but I'm scared of how people will look at me, interpret me, think about me. Can I do that? Do I dare to be me? Just show up. Hmm. You know, don't listen to that little devil in the back of your head. People are going to dislike you for your shirt, for your hairdo, for the cologne you wear, whatever. And the other people are going to love you for those reasons. So just let it happen naturally. Don't fight it because here's the downside. I'm I'm going to give it to you direct, Chandler. If you adapt, change, tweak, falsify who you are to attract people, you're going to end up with people that you have no connection with. They just turned up because of your persona and Mm. then they finally meet you. How many times have you been on a date and you're like, this person's really cool. By the third date, you're like, my God, that's the devil incarnate. How the (laughs) fucking hell did I ever go? 
And how many times, that also happens when you interview someone for your job. You know, you interview them and you're like, I like this person. And then like four weeks later, they're a method and you don't know how they got through the door. The bottom mm. line of it is you want to be able to make that decision as fast as possible, whether or not they should be in your sandpit or whether they shouldn't. And don't let your little devil talk yourself out of it. Mm, that's great. Steve, what would be your, your parting piece of advice for the Steve from how many ever years ago before you wrote your first book and all the other Steves out there who were thinking about writing their first book? Um, do it. Um, it's an uncomfortable, unnerving, uh, horrible experience, but I'm, I couldn't be prouder than when I get a DM or I get a tweet from someone that I never would have connected from somewhere the other side of the planet that says, Hey, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have got X, Y, Z done X, Y, Z, or been able to, you know, conceive X, Y, Z. There's no better feeling. Don't sit there watching your bank balance, suddenly thinking you're going to be buying yourself a, a zoo or a country. That ain't going to be happening. But the impact that you can generate from what you do, if you focus on that, truly can't be replaced. Steve, it's great, man. Really, really great. Where can people go uh, to buy a copy of your new book, to learn more about what you're up to, all that good stuff? It's easy. Um, Steve D. Sims. I'm everywhere at Steve D. Sims. D for dashing and only one M in Sims. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you get your social, I'm at Steve D. Sims. You can go to stevedsims.com and actually see the book there. And you can search it up on Amazon at Go For Stupid or even just go goforstupid.com and you'll see my funnel there. Awesome. Goforstupid.com. Check out the book, y'all. Steve, appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me, Wayne. And thank you very much for pushing people to do books. You do a simple system that works. Congratulations on you. And more people should be listening to you. Thanks, man. Books change lives. Yep. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.